Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What up, everybody? I didn't even see you press record this I'm time. I'm very smooth. I'm very fucking smooth sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tom. I'm Andrea. Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things. The podcast. Me, me, yeah. Even though we had just said that in the intro, I'm glad that we reiterate it. Yeah, you're right. We you're all. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, I'm. Yeah. So, uh, welcome. If you're new to the show, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome home. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Happy to see you. If you're. Wait, did you say if you're not new? What did you? If say? you're new, yeah. Oh. We're off to a killer Gosh. start. Apparently, I'm Why are we ner- not are you listening. Nervous? No, I'm just not listening. I guess this is a damn podcast. Where we tell stuff, we tell each other stories. Yeah, Tom tells you something I don't know. I tell him something he doesn't know. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, nice. We this is episode sixty five. Sixty five of them. Yeah, God, buddy. That's amazing. That number just keeps getting higher, man. Hmm. Um. How's your head feeling? Man, I just knocked my noggin because I got this uh, headphone splitter. So me and Andrea can both listen while we record. And don't, I wa- don't 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 lie to him. Well, that is the main motivation, but <laughs> I bought it because we're gonna play video games with my buddy. <laughs> we, want, we want to be able to hear. We might actually end up being on doing on, do his, it, doing Twitch. on his Twitch. Yeah, so that could be. Something. You know, just just diversifying our stuff here. Who knows? But I thought that the package got delivered, and it's really windy in Kentucky today. So I walked outside, and our house is like one of these houses where half the fucking house like sits out from the other fucking half of the house. So I was like bent over, but not bent over enough, and like walked right into the fucking underpinning of the house looking for this package yeah that's not good oh i gotta nod so if i'm if i seem a little concussed it's oh gosh. because i have a concussion funny story about the xbox you ordered a oh man. well so so this game came out yeah that it's it's like it's for two people and those are really hard to find outside of like switch and we and shit for me and andrew to play yeah and he has his friend's xbox good homie that's the frosty sensei that's dimitri he'll yeah. never hear this uh <laughs> but uh yeah he let us borrow his xbox one his Xbox One. Yep. Yep. And I, yep. My, my dumb and partially drunk ass ordered Andrea a pink, like, super cool controller. Well, we went to GameStop and, and yeah. you were like, Can I get an Xbox 360 controller? Yeah. And then where my head went. And then we went to this other place and asked them. They were like, No, we don't have that. And I was like, Man, I didn't know. Uh, your this xbox we were using was so antiquated and he's like it's really it's not it's like and not even realized. and i'm like it's not and then like we get home and we, dimitri was over to watch shameless mm-hmm. and i was like yeah we couldn't find an xbox 360 remote anywhere and he was like xbox 360 it's not an xbox 360 <sighs> tom did you order an xbox 360 remote yeah so <laughs> fucking dumb so you gotta return that golly what a, what a dumb thing to do man which you were like looking at returning it right before we yeah. started this and apparently you could take it to whole foods it's a new world man. that is so bizarre to me yeah it's like a locker or something you put it in really you don't i don't know it said it said uh, locker hub or something That's so weird man anywho anywho big new yeah i'm sure the guests are psyched about that oh well it's <laughs> kind of funny what else what's new we started seeds yeah we started some seeds for our garden a little late in the year but we're gonna grow a lot of was fucking it? food everything yeah. i was looking at said march to april for yeah. everything we were growing yeah they say you you get a lot more success if you start them inside like six weeks before the final risk of frost oh shit well, yeah that was very encyclopedic right there but there's still a chance of frost right yeah no for sure hell yeah we haven't moved them outside yet so right. but i think they're gonna be dope we're going we're gonna be growing us some tomatoes and some beans, green, beans potatoes, tomatoes. We're gonna make some pickles. We're gonna do pickle and cucumbers. A bunch of bunch of dumb shit. Bunch of dumb shit. Yeah, peppers and yeah, because we wanted to make a hot sauce. We drink. We we 
hot sauce and hot sauce things. No. Damn it. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yikes. All right, I'm going to go ahead and just cut the cord on this one. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, before we... Was that the same day that you opened up your mead? Yeah, it was. That I think was something was. that was kind of big for you. Yeah, I had a. I've been making you know beer and wine with the homie for a long time, and had uh, about a three and a half year old bottle of mead that I made. Made it right when I started my last job, and we cracked open that bad boy and drank mm-hmm. it, and it was yeah. wine. It was it, definitely it was, wine. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> what do you mean woof? It was. <laughs> it's unique. It's made from honey. It was strong. There's no great. It was quite strong. I mean the. The fucking Vikings loved it, man. Yeah, well, if mm-hmm. that's all you got, that's all you got. That's all I got. <laughs> um, what's what else? Um, oh, how about you know we've been talking about American Gods. They fucking these motherfuckers. Go they ahead. They canceled it. They canceled it. If y'all watch American Gods, hit us up because that fucking ending. I read the books. I'll put you on game. I'll tell you what happened if you want to know. But they're saying that it could be brought back as a movie. They're saying there's the potential for them to do like a finale movie. Well, they. <laughs> Neil Gaiman better fucking find somebody to get they that had shit a lot popping. Of, they had a lot of problems on this. He show. literally, what, Neil Gaiman literally said, like, this would be the most devastating, devastating the, way for it to end. This would be the worst way to end the show. And then Ray literally finish it, and it's like, uh, right after the season finale, it's yeah, being canceled. canceled. Like, yeah. fucking That's great. how I woke up the other day. I was getting, you know, everybody does their, like, when you get up, you have a little routine. I was doing my little fucking hit every social media for fucking three seconds. Turns into, like, 15 minutes, and I run late, but I was uh, scrolling, <laughs> And I saw that, and that was like one of the first things I saw on my feed because I follow all these different, you know, entertainment so pages and whatnot. Mad. Yeah, such a fucking bummer, man. Yeah, you were like, no way. I was like, what? <sighs> and then you just showed me. I was like, fuck off. That is Terrible. so not cool. Terrible. I don't even know why it's such a good show. There's no way it was doing bad. Yeah, I think it was the production side. I think the, the, what I've, some things I read, like maybe the production company that was running the show the showrunners there was like internal problems or some shit it's a great show great so one of my favorite stories of all time and they were certainly doing it yeah justice. i mean still go watch the show yeah it's absolutely still a good show absolutely except for except for if, if that's it, how it ends if it, <laughs> hit me up <laughs> or read the book it's a great book yeah um well on top of what that we're doing great watching great stuff intro. we watched two random movies super random but good in their own way and different like yeah um well okay the one was it's final girl or the final girl The final girl yeah it popped up like it was a new movie and we were like all right fuck it let's like it looked like a corny sort of horror i don't know yeah had some people that we like in it and so we put it on and i was i look it up i was like she looks really young to be like they both look really young for this to be 20 yeah whatever one 2021 whatever and then i look it up and it was like it came out like 2016. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is old. Fucking rad movie, though. They get stuck inside of a horror movie. Yeah. It's fucking cool. That her mom was the star yeah, in. that her mom was star of in real life. And she, the, the the woman in that movie, she was in Watchmen like 15 years ago, and she looked the exact, that woman doesn't age. Yeah, she she was, uh, what else is she in? They they were like, she's the mom, and you're we're, like, we're she like could be We're like just talking about all these teenagers. actresses and actors, and we're not saying any of them. The names. only actor I know, whose name I know is Tom Middleditch, was in it. Is that his real name? Dude, that's his name. Okay. Middle Middle Ditch. Yeah. He's an avid D&D player, just like it us. Was the, the chick who plays Vince Vaughn wife in uh, The Couple's Retreat. There you go. Was the, the mom. Yep. But I, just, I don't fucking know her name. And that movie came out like and, uh, 10 fucking years ago. She looks the exact same. Vera Faminga's Vera sister. Yeah, the chick from American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Don't hey. know her name. Probably something Faminga. Faminga. I, actually, I don't know. Is she married? We used to have a huge argument that I thought it was her daughter. Yeah, because it looks like they it could be. They are identical. But it's her sister. Yeah. 
They're both amazing. She's like the they're the two main girls yeah. in that. But yeah, it was it was good. And then we watched The Rental. The which was damn. It was good. Whoa. It was that one of those random thriller as gems. fuck. Thriller as fuck. It had um we so we watched Shameless yeah. and the guy who plays Lip. Mm-hmm. Why can't I not think of anybody's name? Uh, dude. What's his name? It's like there's a carbon monoxide leak in here or something. I, no I know his name and I cannot think of it. Uh, his name is Lip in Shameless. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, he was in it and we were like, You think wow, he's dreamy for him. some reason? No. Everybody thinks he's dreamy. He's like ug- he's, he's like a bulldog. Like he's ugly cute. Yeah. But he's got guns. He's got such nice arms. He is in good shape. <laughs> he's like 5'3". I'll punch him. <laughs> Just kidding. He's a great guy. And it was a it's a baller movie. It was. It's just bugging me that I can't think of his name. Yeah. Fuck it. I have no idea. I actually don't really know a lot of do I, nah. I didn't that was he was I thought he was gonna be one of the biggest. No, I was just trying to movie, think but. of like main actors and shameless as yeah. real names. Yeah. And I'm like Cameron Mahogany. Yep. Cal Festus. Uh no, but that movie that one was about essentially like an air like just the worst airbnb yeah, these imaginable people running on an airbnb and it was it was good yeah I, it was a nice little there was internal nice dramas gem. there was was it this was it that oh that was a gem we need to just like make this a full we've been talking about movies and tv every fucking episode we just need to make it a segment man i want to do like reaction like we watch really old yeah like, old i wonder school. if we could do that on i wonder if we could do that shit on twitch i don't know but like, like well i want to watch like old school stupid stupid terrible movies yeah. and just we should have like them. we should have like a communal like a bunch of people on on like a zoom and like watch a movie and just like all started at the same fucking time. I think that would be too many voices. It would be, we would need. I think you and I are are we're probably loud enough. enough. We're probably <laughs> enough. Yeah. But I've always wanted to make you sit, like watch Laguna Beach in the hills like from the beginning. Oh, I just think it would be Christ. so funny to see your reactions to that. You know, I actually have a laundry list of things for you to watch as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking oh, about for yes. recording Ooh, funny for things. for the views, baby. But see, I would want to do it where like they can watch what we're watching. Exactly. Or we can like at least show the, like, I don't know. Why don't we just say, here, start the, move, start the thing at this point and just, we, we talk, why are we talking about this right now? We're talking about, we're talking about logistics Because we want right to know now. what you guys think. You want to watch us, hear us watch stupid movies and commentate? I think it'd be fucking fun, man. I think it'd be fun. We drink and we watch things. Yeah. Man. I made some chicken Alfredo pizza last night it and fire. it turned out fire. It was fire. And we're going to have it after we podcast. I'm excited Again. about it. I'm glad you brought it up because I'm ready to smash. Yeah. I made us some um, burrata cheese burrata. and Yeah. We fell fucking in zucchini. love with burrata in Cincinnati. I know I've, I've talked about it. No, yeah. we fell in love with it on Valentine's Day, but. Oh, shit. Yeah. There you we go. got it again in Cincinnati. And We've definitely talked hot. about it. Yeah. And so I found some at Kroger. Not the same. Not the, same. Not the fucking same. So anybody who lives in Cincinnati that or. Shit was, that shit was hella creamy. Yeah, the Finley market. It was supposed to be, but it was like y'all use some funky cream. Or just like anywhere, is there? If anybody knows of like an Italian grocery yeah. around here that we can get it in Kentuck, can, uh, Kroger did not do it justice. I will Busters. say that. Well, I guess that, we're done rambling. Uh, we're talking about dinner last. Oh, night, except for yeah, I was gonna say how we had we had we were stupid on Monday. We were, we had mm-hmm. we had, we so we did good. We planned out our food, our meals. Yeah, and we're doing good this week too. For all week, we were yeah. like, we'll get this on this day, and then we're gonna cook the rest of the week because we both really wanted to get some hot chicken. Yes. And so there's a hot chicken place by our house, and we're like all geared up to get it. Talked about getting it all day on Monday. We get home, we're sitting down, we're picking <laughs> it all out. I'm like, he's like, it won't let me add. It won't let me add anything to the cart. And I was like, huh. So I like, pull it up. I was like, let me try it on my phone. It was like closed. I was closed like, on Monday. Mother. It's like it's like the opposite of Chick Fil A. Like all the good local spots are closed on Mondays. Here, yeah, yeah. man. Anyway, sorry, we'll stop talking about our food Jesus. plans. Um, right. I go first this week. 
Yeah. It is kind of a weird vibe. Yeah, we're going off of like, because I went first uh, technically in the last, Yeah, you know, when we did a story to get, we did. You uh, can't, you, okay. Let's move on. You're going to go first. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this, I'm actually going to read the script right now. The script? The scripper. I wrote a script. Huh? This week, <laughs> on We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast, mm-hmm. ran by you and me, Tom and Andrea. <laughs> Did you write that? I also wrote Not a Gem, right? Because I knew that wasn't going to be funny. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about a man called Robert Hansen. Robert Hansen. And okay. the true story of who really wrote Mbop. No. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I almost made a Hansen brother joke, too. <laughs> I almost had to see the forgotten Hansen brother. <sighs> he's the forgotten Hansen daddy. Ew. Ew. Yeah, no, he's not. He's a, no, he's a, this guy. We're going to talk, let's talk about him. Right. Uh, I don't know if I know who this is or not. I don't I know. I think you might. This okay. is a, this is a famous story. Okay, then I probably, well, I don't know, because I don't know what it's about. I don't know. Robert Hansen was born in Esterville, Iowa on February 15th, 1939. Okay. His mama was Edna and his father was Christian, um, Hansen. They were Danish immigrants. Christian, Robert's father, was a baker. And in time, Robert would also become a baker. I did not like that. That could be, who knows what that could be. Oh, God. Could be nothing. I feel like this is a true crime story based off of that look. Man, you know what? I'm dipping my tit in a true crime story. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm in the middle of like researching some big alien stories, but I'm like, this shit is crazy. Yeah. Let's give some people something that's a little bit more palatable. <laughs> uh, as a kid, Robert was a small dude, very shy, very timid. He had really bad acne and acne scars as well, Yikes. as he had a pretty serious stutter. Oh, buddy. Yeah, he was not a popular kid, Aww. as you could probably guess, and spent most of most of his youth as an outcast. He did not have a great relationship with his pops, uh, who was known for being very domineering and controlling of the whole family. Okay. When Robert didn't receive the attention he wanted from girls, Uh he became super bitter towards women, girls, the gender in general. Okay. And it's said that he often plotted revenge towards women. Great. And dudes, but mostly women. Okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, So he took... he they're in a rural area. It's also known as like Pocahontas, Ohio. I think it's like the grand like it's where he he ended up growing up. It's a place called Pocahontas. Huh. Um, and he took up hunting and archery at a young age. It was kind of his escape from, you know, not being the most popular kid in school mm-hmm. and kind of getting away from his pops and giving him an avenue to kill small animals. He would go hunting, and he took up hunting and archery. Though that was his shit, hunting and archery. And he would he would escape all this stuff by hanging out in the woods. I get it. So maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing. Sure. Come on now. So, in the year 1957, Robert joined the Army Reserves and made it a year before being discharged. Ouch. Oof. I couldn't find any details as to why he was discharged though. Hmm. But some happened. So. Uh, well, it might not have been like that serious. Yeah, it could have been a, thing a weight, if, a, a health thing, or yeah. something. Can't perform, you know. So. After that, he worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa. And it was during this time. So he like didn't go to police school, but he worked he at was a police a drill academy? Yeah. An odd, an odd, tra- this guy had an odd. So trajectory. he obviously wasn't something bad to get him kicked out of the army then. 
No, I mean, he's still got a job at right? the police academy. I guess. I mean, I'm just... You be an instructor for two years, then you get to go to the academy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, in the year... In the summer of 1960, he met and married a younger woman whose name I was never able to figure out. Huh. Which is weird. Huh. Huh? I don't like okay, I have Okay, I have to tell a quick side story, right? Okay. So, the... Actually, remind me at the end. Remind me at the end. I don't want to give anything away yet. It might give things away. Okay. So, on... I see. So, you're taking a page out of my oh, book, Oh, yeah, sir. baby. <laughs> you're getting an Andrea story this week. <laughs> uh, on December 7th, 1960, Hansen was arrested for burning down a Pocahontas County Board of Education school bus garage. Revenge yeah. for his unpopularity in high school. Okay. Yikes. The school's transportation, really, you had it out for them, huh? Yeah. Well, he had a bad time on the bus. Something traumatic must have happened. on. The, he saw that bus and said, I'm going to burn this mother down. Uh, he served 20 months of a three-year prison sentence. Uh, and I mean, arson ain't no joke. No. It's, on, like, that's government property yeah. in a way, right? I'm, I'm sure, sure that it was, like, endangering of children sure. and shit, too. Yeah. Big-ass fire, man. At school. Somebody's, somebody's like toy or like teddy bear was probably on one of those buses oh. and they never saw it again mm-hmm. that was dumb um <laughs> uh during his incarceration he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder back then it was called manic depression with periodic episodes uh with periodic schizophrenic episodes Ugh. oof the psychiatrist who made the diagnosin 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 uh who made the <laughs> diagnosis noted that hansen had an infantile personality and was obsessed with getting back at people he felt had wronged him what's an infantile personality like a like a small mind okay that's what like, i was thinking yeah like a, ba- just, like a baby like a baby okay what's yeah. that um so while he was in prison well i mean at least he got diagnosed sure i mean i, yeah. I can't say that that's gonna help him but yeah i mean this is the 60s man I don't think there was as much focus on even if you got a diagnosis. I'm actually surprised that he was able to get. Yeah, well, he probably had some fucking episodes. There probably wasn't like a lot of treatment though. That's yeah. It, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think we're gonna talk about any treatment. Okay. Okay. Yikes. Uh, so his wife divorced him while he was incarcerated. Well. Okay. Okay. Over the next couple of years, Robert was arrested several times for petty theft. Okay. Uh, so I meant to mention he he got out. Yeah, I did mention. Yeah, he gets yeah, it. yeah. Twenty months later, uh, he meets and marries this woman named Darla Marie Henriksen, a deeply religious and overall just very sweet woman. Okay. I read an article about her, and she's just this, stood by. Stand by your man. <laughs> she did, buddy. Uh, oh God. So they moved to Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska. Okay, from Ohio Is to that- Alaska. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless... It's in, in 1967. 1967. Uh, pretty much to get free of his past in Iowa. Because there's okay. nothing but bad memories. Oh, Iowa? I thought he was in Ohio. No, it started in Iowa. Iowa? Okay. Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. They <laughs> settled in, and Hanson opened a bakery. Oh, like his pops. Yep. And they had two kids. They became respected members of the local... Com- oh. What the fuck? <laughs> Forgot to put my phone on silent. Okay, it's on silent now. Jeez, you better turn it off. It was a, an app trying to get me to get to take a survey f- to, for ten dollars. Show you a survey. <laughs> <laughs> so they became respected members of the local community. Hanson took flying lessons and even purchased his own private plane. Oh God! 
earning a, re- a reputation as an outdoorsman and a hunter who stalked doll sheep, wolves, and bear with a rifle or bow and arrow. Okay. Okay. That's all good, right? Yep, that's, all, <laughs> that's fine. Um, okay. So, in December 1971, Hansen was arrested twice. Once for the abduction and attempted rape of a housewife. Whoa! 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 Who escaped. And again for the raping of a sex worker who did not escape. Damn. He pleaded no contest to assault with a deadly weapon. What was his, his penis? I'm pretty sure it was a gun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, maybe not the time. <laughs> you just didn't say anything about him having a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> he had a weapon. <laughs> he had a weapon. Oh, my God. Well, um, this is terrible. Yes. He was sentenced to five years in prison. Wow. And after serving six months of oh, the sentence, fuck off. he was placed on a work release program and released to a halfway house. Uh, and then he got out from there. You know, that's just like geez. your first steps out. Yeah, not good. Okay. Uh, and his wife's still with him? Correct. Wow. Fuck you. Correct. Dude. The bakery's still running. He's Everything's moving right along. All right. Okay. He's got those two kids. She's got to keep, gotta keep him food kids. on the plates. Yeah. And she actually had a master's degree in education. Oh, wow. And she kind of took care of the finances hmm. um, through like doing odd jobs and tutoring and things like this while he ran the bakery. Oh, okay. And their funds were always seemingly separate. Okay. She didn't have like, and they effectively, after some of this shit starts happening, they're just like two people living in the same house. Okay. Type of a thing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But she's like, if I can get him to go to church... Maybe he can change. Sure. So he would go to church and shit. You know, he would. Uh-huh. And it would be like this thing that appeased her. And then you go do something fucking else stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she just, she stuck by him through uh-huh. all of it. Wow. Okay. So, um, in 1976, Hanson pled guilty, or pleaded guilty to larceny after he was caught stealing a chainsaw from Fred Meyer, which is a department store and not his neighbor. Yeah, no, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> He was sentenced to five years in prison and required to receive psychiatric uh, treatment for his bipolar disorder. Okay, well, that's good. We're, we're going towards some yep. treatment. Yep. Um, but then the Alaska Supreme Court reduced his sentence because they said it was too harsh, and he was released with time served. Okay. I, I'm sensing a pattern. I literally wrote here, it's time for the meat. <laughs> I said I'm pulling a total you right now. Oh, Because here we go. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. All right. So, it is believed that Mr. Hansen began killing <gasps> around 1972. Ugh. His modus operandi, or his, you know, his motives, uh, or his the way he did it, was to pick up a sex worker in his car and force her at gunpoint to his cabin. Where he would rape her. Oh, no. He has a cabin. Yep. He would then fly her out to a secluded area. I feel like I've... I've, Okay, 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 okay. okay. Because he had this fucking bush plane Uh and this fucking remote-ass cabin. Dude, I know what the fuck's about to happen. Here we go. Oh, man. I I know who this is now. Okay. Yeah. And then he would hunt them. Yeah. He would strip them naked and hunt them. Yeah, I would fly them out somewhere, right? Send somewhere them on super it. remote, and then 
and then mm, go hunt them down go again. Go hunt them. That's so fucked. Yeah, he would hunt them down naked. I when you said he had the plane, I that's who I was thinking. Yeah, because like that. I just didn't know his name. When I heard that, I because I you know I'm not really into big like really like yeah. But when I heard that story, I'm like, this dude's playing the most dangerous game like in real life uh-huh. with these these women. These, yeah. Who are, you know, it's 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 this unknown terrain. I mean, it's the fucking wilds of Alaska. You know what I mean? And he's fucking hunting them down yeah. when they're naked, scared, already been, already gone through so much yeah, trauma. Yeah, thinking that maybe they're going to get away. And he would make them think that they could. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. God. Yikes. And yeah, he would either shoot them or stab them. <sighs> was typically his, his M.O. So. Fucking heck. Yep. Um, so. On June 13th, 1983, Hansen offered 17-year-old sex worker Cindy Paulson $200 to perform oral sex. When she got into the car, he pulled a gun on her and drove her to his home in Muldoon. So what he would also do is send his wife and kids away on vacations Mm. so he could use his house. Okay. Right? He would make these big elaborate vacations for them to go and fund it all, and then he would murder people Jeez. he would murder women so he was successful in um in doing the, yeah he in the bakery and yeah then, yeah yeah he also well we'll get yeah 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 for sure there he held her captive and proceeded to torture and rape her Ugh. she later told police that after hansen had chained her by the neck to a post in the house's basement okay, i like that she later told police that's just a positive thing yep that's a yeah yeah that's a true crime spoiler right there <laughs> uh but that's good <laughs> uh he after he had chained her to the fucking like a rail in the basement he went and took a nap just went took a snooze on a nearby couch when he got up he put her in his car and took her to his to the merrill field airport where he told her that he intended to take her out to his cabin mm-hmm. 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 it's a shack in the nick river area of the matunska valley accessible only by boat or bush plane so he's gonna fly her out right and he's gonna hunt her Paulson crouched in the back seat of the car with her wrist cuffed uh, in front of her body, saw a chance to escape when Hansen was busy loading the airplane's cockpit. I remember this part of the story, yeah. yeah. While his back was turned, she fucking got the fuck out of there. Yeah. She crawled out of the back seat and fucking took off, booking it. Uh-huh. Handcuffed. Right. All this, run it. That's so... Ugh. So, she later told police that she had left her blue sneakers on the passenger side floor of the, sedan, the sedan's back seat. So... That's smart. As evidence that she had been in the car. Mm-hmm. So, but also she's she's shoeless, cuffed, running. Yeah. Um. So, it, and Hanson chased her. Ooh. He gave chase. He he realized she's escaping, and he's like, "Fuck!" And he chases after her. But Polson made it to Sixth Avenue first and managed to flag down a passing truck. Wow. Uh, the driver Robert Yunt, alarmed by Polson's disheveled appearance, stopped and picked her up. He drove her to the Mush Inn, where she jumped out of the truck and ran inside. Uh, while she pleaded with the clerk to phone her boyfriend at the Big Timber Motel, the truck driver continued on to work, where he called the police yeah. about the barefoot, handcuffed woman. Yeah. Jeez. Why didn't that? Why didn't she want to call the police first? Well, she was a sex worker. Yeah. Maybe she didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Maybe you know what I mean. Who knows? Right. Who knows? I'm- who knows her? Who knows her circumstances, man? Uh, so when Anchorage Police Department arrives at the Mush Inn, they were told that the young woman had taken a cab to the Big Timber Motel. Officers arrived at the Big Timber Motel and found Paulson still handcuffed and alone. 
She was taken to APD headquarters where she described the perpetrator. <laughs> Hanson. When questioned by the ADP, officers did not... Uh, so Hanson denied the accusation. Of course he did. Stating that Paulson was just trying to cause trouble for him because he would not pay her extortion demands. Of course. And I'm sure they will fucking believe him. And he's the an whole upstanding dude had fucking... several run-ins with the law. His meek demeanor and humble occupation as a baker, along Ugh. with an alibi from his friend John, kept him from being considered a serious suspect. And the case went cold. Oh my God. Can you fucking imagine, dude? No. Jesus. That poor girl. Yeah. Also knowing that he knows who you are and he's just out there. He could, yeah. Woo. So, Detective Glenn Floth. 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 We're going to go with Floth. Of the Alaska State Troopers had been a part of a team investigating the discovery of several bodies in and around Anchorage. Around Anchorage, Seward, and the Matanuska, Susitna, Susitna? Susitna Valley. Uh, Sorry, I cannot, I don't fucking speak that. Uh, The first of the bodies was found by construction workers. The body was dubbed uh, Eklutna Annie by investigators, uh, has never been identified. Mm. Years later, the body of Joanna Messina was discovered in a gravel pit near Seward, and in 1982, the remains of 23-year-old Sherry Morrow were discovered in a shallow grave near the Nick River. Floth now had three bodies and what looked like one killer. Mm. Oh, buddy. Spoiler. (laughs) Uh, So, he contacted the FBI, a dude called John Douglas, and requested help with a criminal psychological profile based on three recovered bodies. Douglas thought the killer would be an experienced hunter. Yeah. With low self-esteem. It's always so crazy to me how they, they can figure they that shit these, out. Yeah, they yeah. figure that kind of stuff out. Scary. I would hate to be profiled by one of those guys. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you don't know me better than me. Uh, so, yeah, experienced hunter, low self-esteem, and a history of being rejected by women. Wow. And would feel compelled to keep souvenirs of his murders such as a victim's jewelry. He also suggested that the assailant might stutter. What? What? That's How crazy. How do you fucking know that? That's crazy. Um, where am I, man? Oh, using this profile, Floth investigated possible suspects until he reached Hansen, who fit the profile and owned a plane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, buddy. Ping, ping. <laughs> Supported by Paulson's testimony and Douglas's profile, Floth and the APD secured a warrant to search Hansen's plane. Paulson was the girl. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, they search, get a warrant to search his plane, his vehicles, and his crib. On October 27th, 1983, investigators uncovered jewelry <gasps> belonging to some of the missing women, as well as an array of firearms in a corner hideaway of Hansen's attic. Also found was an aeronautical chart with little X marks. Oh fuck. Hidden behind Hansen's headboard. Many of these marks matched sites where prior bodies had been found. Wow. Others were discovered later at those then unexplored. So when confronted with the evidence found in his home, Hansen denied it as long as he could, but eventually began to blame the women and try to justify his actions. Okay. He's like, no, it was their fault. I flew him out to the middle of nowhere and hunted yeah, him down after I raped him. Dick. Fucking asshole. Uh, uh, and eventually confessing to each item of evidence as it was presented to him. <laughs> he admitted to a spree of attacks against Alaskan women starting in 1971. Ugh. 
Hansen's earliest victims were women, usually between 16 and 19, and not sex workers, unlike the victims who led to his discovery. Man. So you just pick up random. Yeah, and they're so young. Yeah. So they fucking probably violently kidnapped them. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And then found out that sex workers were a lot easier. Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Uh, Once arrested, Hansen was charged with assault, kidnapping, multiple weapon offenses, and theft and insurance fraud. What? The last charge was related to a claim with the insurance company over the alleged theft of some trophies. Because he had garnered, like, hunting awards and stuff. Like, wow. He was, he was good at what he did. Yeah. Um, and he that he used the proceeds to buy his plane. That's how he bought a plane. Uh, Is he was he, he's claimed that all of his trophies oh, have been stolen. With the insurance fraud. Yep. And then he was like, oh, I guess I'll buy a plane and put a trophy case in it. Because he still had all his fucking trophies. <laughs> Uh, so they got him for insurance fraud. Uh, at trial, he claimed he later recovered the trophy trophies in his background in his backyard, but forgot to inform the. Oh, sure. As if that's the most of your worries right now. Uh, Oh yeah. I forgot. I got all that money to buy a plane. Oh, I forgot. I I buried him in the back. I forgot. I buried him in the backyard. Golly. Only after ballistic tests return, uh, returned a match between bullets found at the crime scene and Hanson's rifle. Did he enter into a plea bargain? Burn. Mm. Burn. He pleaded guilty to the four homicides the police had evidence for and provided details about his other victims in return for serving his sentence in a federal prison along with no publicity in the press. That was the plea. He's going to go to a federal prison and he's not going to be in the news. Oh, my God. God, you wouldn't want your, your name tarnished. Yeah. Another condition of the plea bargain was his participation in deciphering the markings on his aviation map and locating his victims' bodies. Woof. He confirmed the police theory of how the women were abducted, adding that he would sometimes let a potential victim go if he convin- if she convinced him that she would not report him to police. He indicated that he began killing in the early 1970s. So he would let women go. Oh my god. If he believed they wouldn't tell on him. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good that some got away. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. But it's also like, how many of them did he say that to and then hunted them? And then hunted them fucking down, right? Ugh. Uh, he showed investigators 17 grave sites. What? In and around South Central Alaska, 12 of which were unknown to investigators. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there remained marks on his map that he refused to give up, including three in Resurrection Bay near Seward. Uh, authorities suspect two of these marks belong to the graves of Mary Thill and Mer- Megan Emmerich, whom Hansen has denied killing. Hmm. The remains of 12 of a probable 21 victims were exhumed by police and returned to their families. Wow. 12. That's crazy. Of 21. I'm surprised he actually buried them. Well, it might have been part of his fucking serial killer process. Yeah, I guess Go so. out to some fucking room. So he st- he has like... They say he liked to keep souvenirs. That aviation map is a souvenir. You can see, look at all the places. Look at all these places that I've put people. Yeah, true. Fuck. So Hansen was sentenced by jury to 461 years plus life in prison without the possibility of parole. He was first imprisoned at the United States Penitentiary Lewisburg in Pennsylvania. Uh, In 1988, he returned to Alaska and was briefly incarcerated at Lemon Creek. I wonder why they had him in Pennsylvania first. Yeah, I wonder. One of those things probably. He was also imprisoned at Spring Creek in Alaska until May of 2014 when he was transported to the Anchorage Correctional Complex for health reasons 
And this son of a bitch died August 21st, 2014, aged 75 of natural causes from Damn. lingering health conditions. So he killed a bunch of people. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I do remember the whole plane and hunting and them. And I remember the, the one girl getting away and then them just like not doing anything about and it. And that's exactly what fucking happened. Yeah. But then later, I mean, it came in. It, sure. It, it yeah. Helped, but holy shit. Right. Ugh. He killed so many people. That is uh, terrible. Two more things. Mm-hmm. So the film in the frozen, the film is called The Frozen Ground. Uh, John Cusack portrayed Robert Hansen. Opposite, Damn, we're watching that. Opposite Nicolas Cage. We're watching that. As the dude who played Floth, the guy that was investigating the bodies. Okay, cool. We're watching that. Um, How old is that? It's probably so old. If it's 20, Nick, 20, Nick. 2013. It's almost like 10 years old. Oh. And additionally, you know how we do Let's Not Meets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this what you were going to... I have a Let's Not Meet of one of Robert Hansen's homies. The, the Let's Not Meet is called I Was Friends with Robert Hansen. What? Yeah, so we're going to be reading that on the next Let's Not Meet. So. Did you get permission? Uh, the Reddit users deleted, so it's, it's oh, just dope. internet content. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's exciting. Yeah, pretty crazy. Just a, and, 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 and I found that, coincidentally, when I was looking through Let's Not Meets. That's wild. And one more thing. Was this what you wanted to remind yes, me to remind you? Yes, hold on. Let me find it here. So uh, when I was researching this, I really wanted to know who his first wife was. Because, like, I can't find her name anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And um, what happened is I found, I did a Google. I said, who was Robert Hansen's first wife? Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I got this hit for this woman named Joan Hansen. Okay. And because everyone else I could see was his second wife. There's a yeah. lot of information about his second wife. None about his first wife. Yeah. Okay. So I look up Joan Hansen, and there's this whole story about how she married Robert Hansen, mm-hmm. and Robert Hansen's son is trying to sue his father for the death of his mother, Joan Hansen. But it's a different Robert Hansen. It's a totally different murder case. Really? Totally different story. And it took, I'm pretty fucking sure that it took place in Iowa or Alaska. Huh. It's crazy. I didn't look too much into it because once, once I realized, I was like, oh, fuck, this is not. The same case. Right. But it's like, I couldn't find her first name. And in the fucking, the story, the only reason that the son figures out, because like the whole story was that like she just disappeared. Uh Uh-huh. Right? But he finds, the son finds divorce papers. And they're not filed. They're not signed. They're not finished. So his thought is that his mom presented him with divorce papers and his dad killed her. Holy crap. Because he made a bunch of money off of it. Completely different. This is completely different. Completely different story. Yeah. Completely different story. Wow. And And I was like... I'm reading like two different stories. I'm like, what, why are there two different? Conf- and I really, it took me like a minute to be like, oh fuck, That's this is different. a different fucking thing. Oh my gosh. So maybe I'll do the other Robert Hansen story at some point. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I got for you, man. That was good. Hey, thanks, pal. True crime's hard to get through the research on, isn't it? Man, there's just a lot. You just gotta make sure you get it all. I just wanted to get the pertinent shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's a big story. I mean, there's probably there's probably a podcast series about this shit. But I think that. We brushed the stroke pretty good. That was good. Yeah. No, that was really good. Your turn. Yes. Yes, now it is my turn to drink. Oh, we took like a little mini break and you t- told me the, the what the guy you just covered actually oh, called. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I fucking didn't lead with that. Uh, the Butcher Baker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Creepy. Also. Terrible piece of shit. 
lip from Shameless is Jeremy Allen White. Well done. Figured it out. <laughs> it's like a kernel. Of, it's like a popcorn kernel in your tooth. Yep, huh? yep, 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 yep. Okay. I am going to be telling you about Patricia Stallings, mainly. Patricia Stallings, yes. main. Patricia Stallings, mainly. Yeah. Patricia yeah, Stallings, I mean, mainly. Like it's an odd name. It's not not hyphened. <laughs> I'm mainly oh, telling comma, you about. Comma mainly. Oh no. Okay. So Patricia, um, she also goes by Patty, so I might Patty. say that sometimes. But oh, hi Patty. Lived in St. Louis. And was a convenience store clerk in the mid-1980s. Okay. Um, her early life was, I guess, like after, like when she was older, when she was on her own, was kind of tough. And um, she found it hard to take care of herself and I think ended up homeless a lot of times oh, no. and stuff like this. But, um, you know, then she eventually gets this job as a convenience store clerk. And David Stallings frequently came into her store and they began to date in 1986. Okay, 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 okay. They got married in 1988. Okay. And their marriage really gave her that kind of life that she could only dream about, you sure. know? yeah. And um, they end up moving into this really nice, cute, white frame house in a subdivision overlooking Lake Wa- Wanawaka. Wan- I'll walk over Wawanoka. there with you. Wanoka. Oh, nice. You nailed that. Uh, which that is not, sounds like the American dream right which there. Which is not far from St. Louis, um, which is where she, you know, she was. And Patty and David ended up having a son named Ryan All right. born on April 4th, 1989. No way. You're exact. That's the same That's day. Birthday. That's the same time in year you got here. Which is on Sunday. Yeah. I really need to start figuring out what I'm going to do for you for that day. Yeah. What's up? No, I have it all planned. Don't even. It's worry. also Easter, so <sighs> technically we're celebrating. On I gotta Saturday. satisfy you and Jesus. <laughs> that came out wrong. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. Oh, no. I didn't mean nothing bad. It's just a phrasing problem. Uh, okay, so they're like kind of joined the middle class, you know, society at this Fuck point. Yeah. And she, uh, I respect that. Patty later later said, uh, "quote." That truly was the happiest time of my life. Everything was perfect. Everything. A, ha- a new house. A new baby. I mean, what could be wrong? I hope that you just end it with like she loses like a cook, like a cook off or something, a like a bake off. Mm. Uh, so, like the the low the low point for her life is like she didn't win like the the fair pie competition. Well, let's get into it. One Friday evening, early in July, nineteen eighty nine, three month old Ryan threw up his evening meal. Oh, oh no! Yeah, and. So she left. Okay, so the next day the baby felt better. So she left the baby with her husband and she went swimming in her sister's house. But come Sunday morning, he again could not keep his food down in his stomach, I'm, right? I'm unsettled. So when he then he turned lethargic and his breathing became labored. So she's starting to freak out. Like he's starting to look not yeah. things are not going well, right? right so right. Patricia calls the St. Louis Children's Hospital and arranges to bring Ryan there. I think she was actually going to meet like a specific pediatrician at like this place, okay. right? So she gets him in the car. She starts driving. I think it's like 40 miles north of St. Louis. And she gets lost, okay? No. And she ends up at a different hospital. She ends up at Cardinal Glennon Hospital, which is a, a few miles, you know, short from where she was going, but it's a children's hospital. So, so she's, good. she's like, dude, I don't care. Yeah, Fucking, take care of my baby. They'll figure it out. Yeah. They're, they're a hospital, right? Yeah. So on July 12th, uh, 1989, 
uh, after a series of te- – this was after he's been in the hospital, right? Okay. Um, well, I mean, that I guess July 12th. Because I said early in July 1989, it was July 12th. Cool. Uh, a series of tests have been run on R- baby Ryan, and the emergency room physician reads the test results. And Ryan's blood tests reportedly showed extremely high levels of ethylene glycol. Okay. That doesn't sound good at all. That's the stuff that's in antifreeze. Okay. Glycol. Yeah. So the pedi- pediatrician, Dr. Robert Lynch, calls in the Missouri Division of Family Services, obviously. Of course. And signed an affidavit saying that he believes that the child had been poisoned. So the Missouri Division of Family oh, Services fuck. immediately took custody of the baby. Well, so obviously the, they get some questioning and, you know, they're questioning both of them separately. Like, what's going on? Are there, are there, are there issues at home? Like, yeah. we know this child has been poisoned. And she, they're just like, huh? And the baby's still in the hospital. And they end up having to rent a room in the hospital to actually be able to stay oh, wow. near their child. They had to rent it? Um, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't like I a... Does, I got a medical bill the other day. Don't surprise me. Um, but there wasn't like a... a, a a pediatric like wing or something for yeah, them to stay in yeah. it was really weird when i read that yeah. so on july 17th 1989 ryan has is discharged oh good from the hospital but he's placed in a foster home while the police conduct their investigation because what sure. the fuck right sure so he doesn't get to go home with mom and dad he's in a foster home the investigation did reveal that patty was actually the mother of another child oh a five-year-old uh, son that was in that she had she had when she was really young at a wedlock uh-huh. and was in her sister's custody because of allegations of child abuse. Here we fucking go. Is this some Munchausen's by proxy shit or something you're giving me right now? <laughs> Just listen to the story. He was found in the first stages of frostbite and malnutrition. Oh no! That was uh, I heard that on the Forensic Files episode I watched. Patty said that the baby or you know, the child was in this state because she was also in this state because she didn't have any place to live. Oh, okay. So it was when she was, you know, she like kind of homeless and yeah. stuff. So it was like, I guess she was doing her best. But obviously, if you don't have a place to live, you know. Jeez, so scary, man. Yeah. We're so, we have, we're such ble- we have such blessed lives. You ever, you ever stop thinking about that? Yeah. It's like, shit could be so much worse, Absolutely. Man. Fuck. So, as the police, as the police are doing their investigations, the, her and her husband are able to visit Ryan once a week. Okay, but it was always on like at the foster home, but it was Super always raised. under a watchful eye of a social worker and they were never to be alone with Ryan. Right. I'm so shook for Ryan's future right now. So on September 1st, it was said that Patty was left alone with Ryan for a few minutes, like the social worker or whoever stepped out uh-huh. for a minute. And she was left with Ryan for several minutes while she fed him from a bottle. Okay. Okay. So three days later... Ryan again became ill, exhibiting the same symptoms that had led to his first hospitalization. Okay. Lab tests again revealed high levels of ethanol glyco- eth- ethylene glycol Jeez, in his blood. Couldn't couldn't stop herself. And the lab technicians identified a trace of ethylene glycol. Ethylene glycol. I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Ethylene glycol. In the bottle Patty used to feed Ryan. Come on. Put this woman in okay. prison. A second lab confirmed the presence of antifreeze in Ryan's blood, and a search of the Stallings' home turned up a gallon jug of antifreeze, okay? Authorities arrested Patty right then and charged her with assault. Yep, yep, yep. 
And that's the end of the story. Patricia stated, it happened, fa- it happened real fast. I kept thinking this would get straightened out. I thought somebody would figure this out. They'd say, oops, and we'd all go home. She went on to say, I don't think I believed it. I just went around that entire day saying, no, no, no. I had just seen him. I had just spent the night with him. I was mad at everybody. The whole thing just seemed so absurd. Okay. Okay. Um, at the same time, his condition worsened. And he was placed on life support. No. Yeah. He's just a baby. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Keep that in mind. He is only like four months old. Jesus. So there's not a chance of this four-month-old crawling over and getting into getting a bottle in, of yeah, antifreeze on its own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Little dude doesn't know anything yet. Doesn't, no. Doesn't know anything He's yet. Probably barely rolling over. Oh, buddy. So David tried to get uh, Patricia released from prison so that she could see ryan the judge is like no she can't go out to go because he was doing is getting worse he's not doing better and the doctors basically are telling david like i don't think he's got long oh no so on september 7th 1989 he was taken off his life support and he passed no. away at 6 30 a.m she killed him and so the dad ended up like holding him for like oh a couple hours God, before he dude, passed that away. That fucking breaks my heart. Um, I so can't yeah, even... he wasn't even six months at this point. And Patricia's charges were then upgraded to first degree murder. Wow. Yeah, she was not allowed to attend Ryan's funeral yeah. again. They at this is when they like asked the judge, and the judge said, "I'm not gonna let a baby killer out to go go see, see the, the baby, baby she killed." Yeah. So Patty was told of her son's death by a social worker who actually called and told her. And in the Forensic Files episode, they were, like, talking about how she had, like, she reacted weird and said something weird. Uh-huh. But I could not find what she said or what her reaction was. Oh, weird. But anyway. So while in jail, she was obviously grieving the, the loss of her son. I mean, I would assume. And after about three months, she was, like, not feeling well and things weren't going good. And she realized that she was pregnant again. No way, yeah. dude. She was, uh, I think, like four, three, four months pregnant. So she was still in jail in February 1990 when she gave birth to her and David's second son, David Jr., who they nicknamed DJ, um, who was immediately placed into foster care. So um, not only was his incarcerated mother prevented from seeing him, but his dad also was denied contact with him. Which, okay. So he wasn't even charged with a crime or anything but he was not allowed to take custody of dj he was immediately given to foster care as well yeah as well as the uh, as um the five-year-old well he passed away but no oh, the, I mean, the, baby. the baby yeah 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 was you know was still in foster care yeah. whatever but okay a few weeks later dj became ill with symptoms remarkably similar to those that ryan had exhibited before he died dj was taken to saint louis children's hospital hospital which was the one that Patty intended to take Ryan to initially, uh-huh. okay? Um, where he eventually was diagnosed with methylmalonic acidemia. I'm probably not going to say that again. It's referred to as MMA. It's a rare hereditary disease. Okay. okay. People with MMA can only partially break down the nutrients in milk and other foods. In DJ's case, the problem was due to a missing protein, and this protein protein is necessary to carry out one of the steps in the digestive pro- process. And without it, DJ could not, I'm sorry, DJ could only partially metabolize the milk he was fed, okay? Okay. Consequently, toxic byproducts accumulated in his bloodstream. But because he was correctly diagnosed very early in his life, his diet could be modified before the toxic 
metabolies took their toll on him. Okay? okay. 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 So that's a big fucking deal. Right? Sure. So newly appointed prosecuting attorney George B. McElroy felt he had enough evidence to convict Pamela. Pamela? Patricia Stallings. Pamela? As he immersed himself into the Stallings case, he interviewed all the witnesses himself. He talked to all the experts involved and reviewed their findings. They found two gallons of antifreeze in the basement of the couple's home, one of which was half empty. And in the prosecuting prosecuting attorney's mind, all the evidence pointed to her guilt, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, sure. Two major pieces of medical evidence seemed to positively indicate that Ryan's mother had poisoned him. The first was the finding of ethylene glycol in in the infant's body by two independent laboratories. Oh, no. McElroy consulted with a couple of experts who wrongly advised him that even if Ryan suffered from the rare MMA disease, that it it still would not account for the high levels of ethylene glycol found in the baby's blood. Okay. The second disturbing piece of evidence was the finding of crystals in Ryan's brain that the experts concluded were positive signs of ethylene glycol poisoning. Jesus. Stick with me. If I keep messing up that word, you guys, I apologize. Ethylene. Yeah, it's going to be six different words through the show. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Patricia's attorney, Rathbone, who took the case as... Rathbone? mm -hmm, Jesus. Apparently as a favor to the Stallings family and because, quote, no one else would take it, had a hard time finding any witnesses who would testify that the infant had likely died of a rare inborn metabolic disorder. Sure. Um, he said, the problem is that there was no one who would back me up on it. So, during the investigation and ensuing trial, Stallings' defense attorneys uh, wanted to introduce the theory that Ryan had died of MMA, but the prosecutor, George B. McElroy, considered the sibling's diagnosis irrelevant to Ryan's death, and the judge, Gary Kramer, would not allow him to advance the theory without any evidence that Ryan was actually affected by MMA. Okay. Records show the judge Kramer reprimanded uh, Patricia's attorney Rathbone during the Stallings trial by gruffly remarking, you have to prepare and subpoena the evidence necessary to prove your theory. Oh, is that how he talked? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think so. So Rathbone says that he extensively researched the subject and consulted with a nationally known expert on metabolic diseases that expert, Rathbird, Rathbone said, told him there was no way that any metabolic byproducts of MMA could be mistaken for ethylene glycol in lab tests. Boom. Rathbone, who said that he has a degree in biochemistry, stated that he had also looked at the test results and determined on his own that there was no reason to question their findings. So when the trial began, Rathbone was subpoenaed, sorry, Rathbone had subpoenaed no expert witnesses to testify for Patricia. Okay. okay. He did not believe that there were any experts who would support his theory. Sure. And decided to try to introduce his theory to the jury because Rathbone had no solid evidence to support his defense theory, right? So the judge did not allow him to present it to the jury. He was going to okay. just try to just be like, well, this could be the case. But he's, the judge was like, you don't have anything to support that, so you're not allowed to just spout that off. Right, you're not you allowed just, to even... Yeah. So the jury wasn't even allowed to hear that that could have been an, a, a thing, right? Right. Okay. Sorry, this is hard to follow along with. No, I'm having a great time. Patricia's lawyer told the jury that Ryan could have died from natural causes, and the prosecutor, George McElroy, responded, 
you might as well speculate that some little man from Mars came down and shot him full of some mysterious bacteria. Jesus. The jury convicted Patricia Stallings of first-degree murder and sentenced her to spend the rest of her life in prison. Okay. Um, after the verdict, you still was, got quite a few pages right now. Mm-hmm. After her, uh, this was verdict was read. Her husband collapsed and had to be rushed to the hospital. Oh no! Yeah. Okay, so it obviously doesn't end there, right? Sure. Six months after Patricia's trial, the prosecutor McElroy set a groundbreaking precedent when he wrote a motion to Judge Kramer asking for a new trial for Patricia. Okay. This was the guy the prosecuting attorney not her defense attorney the prosecutor wanted a new trial for her yeah so he acknowledged that rathbone's defense of patricia was woefully inadequate and judge kramer stated quote this is the first time i have ever known this to happen it's unheard of for a prosecutor to acknowledge ineffective counsel oh shit the prosecutor was like nah i don't think she had a good yeah she didn't get wow so that must have been weighing on them so based on mcelroy's motion judge kramer decided to grant patricia a new trial okay doubts about whether patricia had actually poisoned her son began to show as early as april of 1990 a full nine months before her original trial wow those so that was already coming up yeah yeah as previously stated after the birth of patricia's second son uh david jr press reports grew disturbing to mcelroy okay the prosecuting attorney Mm -hmm. the media introduced the fact that the second child suffered from a rare genetic metabolic disease called mma and there was a one in four chance that ryan had suffered from the same rare genetic disorder wow he later stated i had heard enough to be concerned okay so it's like her fucking defense attorney wasn't like was like well i don't anybody to do anything about it and this other guy's like goes through the whole trial and is like wait y'all like that's weighing on me yeah So Dr. Christopher Long, the head of the St. Louis University's toxicology laboratory, one of the testing facilities that had previously found ethylene glycol in Ryan's blood. (laughs) You fucking nailed it. Miraculously agreed to turn over a tiny bit of his Ryan's blood serum to Dr. James Shoemaker, who had just set up a genetic disorder testing laboratory at the same university. Okay. I know this is very like word heavy, but I think this is an intriguing story. So... Dr. Shoemaker received approximately one-tenth of a teaspoon of Ryan's blood serum. And using a test designed to detect MMA in urine, discovered on April 21st, 1990, that Ryan Stallings actually suffered from MMA. No shit. Yeah. Shoemaker also discovered a trace of ethylene glycol in the baby's blood, but he believed that it was not highly concentrated enough to have killed the little boy. Okay. So this groundbreaking discovery went no further because of that. So, Shoemaker reported his findings to his superiors and held a meeting with some of the university's senior staff. Most agreed that Ryan likely had MMA, but could not agree on whether or not Ryan had died of the disease. So, the senior staff members believed that some of the ethylene glycol that had been in the child's blood could have dissipated with time and storage. Most of the senior staff members Mm. still came to the conclusion that Ryan had been poisoned. Okay? Okay. Since Shoemaker was not a senior staff member, his findings weren't considered credible, and therefore the evidence he had discovered couldn't be used to help Patricia prove her innocence. Stop it. Right. So, shortly before Patricia's trial, 
the prosecutor's office called Shoemaker. This was the first time that Shoemaker reported his findings to McElroy. Okay. Okay, so that same guy, you know, who found all this, the doctor who's finding that it's like most likely that Ryan had MMA is now telling the the prosecutor attorney that's like okay right um so then he reported the same findings to Patricia's attorney all right so now Patricia's attorney knows about this right sure so Rathbone says that he had known that Shoemaker had only found a trace of ethylene glycol in Ryan's blood that had he known that Shoemaker had only found a trace of ethylene glycol in Ryan's blood that he would have pursued it Okay, ah. so Rathbone never contacted Shoemaker because he said, quote, that he didn't need another witness to say that Ryan had probably been poisoned. Okay. I don't know, this is kind of hard to follow. But. Sure. So the media continued to report on Patricia's case and Unsolved Mysteries aired her story. Okay. Okay. This story alone proved helpful to helping Patricia. Okay. Dr. William S. Sly, professor and chairman of the Department of Biochemistry and Molecular Biology at St. Louis University, wow. happened to watch the episode of Unsolved Mysteries and instantly realized that no other tests had been performed by, on Ryan's blood. So he ordered additional testing on the blood sample, which Dr. Shoemaker performed, and the results stunned everyone there, and Dr. Sly proceeded to write a letter to another university official this official, in turn, relayed the letter back to McElroy. So this is a lot of hopping around, I know. But in his letter, Dr. Sly reached three important conclusions. One, they confirmed the absence of ethylene glycol in blood tests performed before Ryan Stallings' untimely death. Okay. Two, they confirmed abnormal elevations of organic acid acids in Ryan's bloodstream, which made the diagnosis of MMA virtually certain. Wow. And three, Dr. Sly confirmed that one of the compounds in Ryan's blood, which are elevated by MMA, could be confused with ethylene glycol when the older gas, um, some chromat- chromatographic something, testing techniques were used. So it can be made to look like ethylene glycol. Whoa. Right? Okay. McElroy consulted with Dr. P. Piero Rinaldo, a young world-renowned genetics expert from Yale University, and when Dr. Rinaldo concurred with Dr. Sly's findings that the young prosecuting attorney realized that Ryan had likely died of MMA and not ethylene glycol poisoning. So, Rinaldo was highly critical of the original test performed on Ryan's blood serum. He said the they were, the quality of the test was highly unacceptable and they were unbelievably out of this world. What? That's yeah. fucking crazy. Ronaldo further stated, "I was astonished. I couldn't believe that somebody would let this go through a criminal trial unchallenged." Ronaldo performed his own test on the baby bottle that Patricia had used to feed Ryan on September 1st and concluded that no traces of ethylene glycol were found on it. No shit. Yeah. Ronaldo shocked both the medical and legal worlds when he further stated that the treatment that Ryan received at Cardinal Glennon Hospital was inappropriate for a child with MMA. Damn. Yeah. Because the hospital staff believed that Ryan had ethylene glycol poisoning, the proposed treatment actually helped end Ryan's life. No way. So McElroy, more uncertain about how Patricia's conviction questioned Dr. Ronaldo further, and Ryan's autopsy had shown high concentrations of brain crystals, which were consistent with ethylene glycol poisoning. 
But Dr. Ronaldo explained that there was a high likelihood the crystallization had come about as a direct result of the ethylene drip the hospital used to treat Ryan for his ethylene, ethylene, uh-huh. ethylene, you got it, glycol poisoning. <laughs> so their faulty treatment actually caused the death of little Ryan Songs. Damn, that has flipped the whole shit. So, Dr. Ronaldo uh, was very persuasive. McElroy later stated, uh, he said, quote, I was persuaded that Patricia did not murder her son. My charge as a prosecutor is to seek justice, and justice for, for Patricia Stallings required that I seek a dismissal. Wow. So September 1991, prosecutors, um, she was she was eventually, she was like released and put on house arrest. While they continue to look into it. Sure. And then September That's 19th, crazy, though, that they're like, your kids most certainly died of a genetic disease, but you're still on house mm, arrest. Yeah. and But then September 1991, prosecutors apologized and Dope. dropped the case against Patricia. Dope. Yeah. After Patricia Stallings was released from prison, she and her husband um, got their son back and obviously had to deal with his MMA. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that was definitely a difficult task for them, you know, especially after going through everything that they went through. Sure. Um, the couple filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Cardinal Glennon Hospital, St. Louis University Laboratory, and Smith Klein Beecham Clinical Laboratories, and against doctors who participated in Ryan's care. Uh-huh. Um, Prosecutor McElroy says, quote, it will be impossible to make restitution for what happened to Patricia Stallings. And as sad as it is that she had to suffer what she had suffered, I think the final outcome shows real strength in our system of justice. He also states, it's difficult at any time to step up and say that a mistake has been made, but my gosh, there's a time when it has to be done. Big facts. I mean, so she ended up serving like a couple years yeah. in, in prison. Just for having two babies. Um, uh, She ended up winning a settlement against Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital and the laboratory that tested Ryan's, uh, against the laboratory that tested Ryan's blood. Sure. And she later said that the perception of her case may have been influenced by the case of Paula Sims, which had unfolded around the same time where she um, it was convicted of killing two of her kids. And that, uh, yeah, she was been tried and convicted of killing her two daughters. And there was considerable public outcry over those murders. So people were yeah. kind of like, oh, look, a mom can kill. Sure. You know, whatever. Yeah. I thought this was funny or curious. So in 1994, McElroy ran for re-election as Jefferson County prosecutor, and uh, Patricia actually donated $10,000 to his opponent, Robert wow. Wilkins, and Wilkins won the race. Good. The Stallings case continues to be cited as an extreme case of a metabolic disorder that mimics a crim- criminal act. Nailed it. And wow. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the case of that is crazy. Patricia I totally Stallings. went into this story. Well, that's poisoned. the thing. That's yeah. why, I, like, I wanted. I know it's really like case heavy and and hey, whatever. You don't overthink it. You did. I a just good thought job, it was crazy because I mean, everyone was. She was sentenced to life. Yeah, everyone is convinced that she is a baby killer. Poisoned her kid, and it was just a genetic yeah disease. Jeez. Um, with the stress of everything, I think they ended up later getting divorced. They didn't stay together. Ah, uh, bummer. And their son, uh, David ended up dying in 2013 at the age of 23 Dang. i think from complications of his mma he had it as well wow and, well yeah that's the only reason yeah it was they... like said later on like i read a quote that was like 
if it wasn't for Patricia having a second kid, she never would have gotten out of prison. Yeah, no the shit. Only way that they figured it out. Wow. Oh, I thought you were. I thought originally. My bad. I thought you were talking about the the fi- the kid that ended up in her sister's. No, he me. didn't have it. That okay, I know what, of. They that, never talked bad. more that's about that. That's what I thought that. you were talking about. And um, David Stallings, the father of Ryan and DJ, ended up dying after a long illness in 2019. Oh he man, was pretty young too. He wasn't. He was only in like his 50s. Jeez. But that's the crazy. Genetics. Very informative. Very <laughs> informative. Uh, I feel like you're Trisha in your head about Stallings. the level of informative. Well, I hope I wasn't just rambling. I hope it was somewhat easy to follow. No, yeah, it was I don't great. know. I just it thought it was crazy that like this poor woman, yeah. like ended up in prison just because her kid just had a genetic of disease. Genetics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I mean she's still alive. I don't. I try to figure out what she's doing these days, but I yeah. can't find anything about wow. it or anything. So. Damn, that's crazy. Anyway, folks. Thanks so much for listening to We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. Yeah. Uh, follow us on socials, Instagram, Facebook. Join the Facebook group, We yeah. Drink and We Know Things podcast in all caps. Well, the podcast is in all caps. Email us at We Drink and We Know Things podcast at Gmail. If you've got any stories you want us to cover. Yeah, hit us thoughts, up in general. opinions. Yeah, hit us up in general. Want to say hi. <laughs> say hello. We like when people say hello. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Bye. Uh, bye.